Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. We are here on this cloudy, rainy-ass day that would normally have people disappointed with how things are. However, today is one of the few moments when I can say I'm actually good. Last night, upon uh, celebrating my anniversary with a beautiful lady, we went and got some sushi because she likes that and I do not. But I went to this restaurant for a specific reason of using a Japanese toilet and I will never be the same again. It is better than seeing the face of God. And if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. And not completely off topic. <laughs> Since Chelsea's not joining us for this episode and my specific brand of nonsense, we are bringing back our wonderful friend and spooky doings performer, Angelica Florio is in the house. Hello, Angelica. Hello. I am so, uh uh-oh. How are you doing? Good. Okay. I thought there was a problem. Good. I'm great. I, you know, we had some technical problems, but it was actually just me um, creating them. But the the problem that you thought was a problem was just, you know, a bug slightly slipping out of my ear hole. That's not that big a deal. Okay. All right. I'll take it. And no, I don't know what a Japanese toilet is, but I kind of want to find out for myself. So thank you for that tip hot tip there are wonders and and dangers just the seat being heated would make everyone in america late for work on a winter morning and um i think that's probably why uh they're not as common well that also is if okay just to bring this back to the seat thing and america americans we can't sit on the toilet seat because it is covered in pee because we don't trust one another in this country and we don't have the same values as um, probably people in Japan do. And they probably keep it clean and tidy. So they all sit on the seat and feel the heating. But in America, you can't really do that because this country is filled with just who do you, like, do you trust the person to have not gotten pee all over the toilet seat? I don't. So it's a hover for me. So it's not going to work out in this country. I think those toilet seats probably are just, they're Japanese for a reason. But if you could have one for the home, that's a different story. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm certainly Googling (laughs) because it's difficult to go back. Oh my gosh. Well, invite me over then. That is the only way I will be enjoying that. All right, that, <laughs> that sounds fair. Hey, but everyone, want to come over and sit on my toilet? Yeah, I'm having not a everyone. I, I I I don't know that many people that I like and willing to open my home too. You know, you're you're special. We've shared the stage since way back oh, yes. in the before times, before disease. Rant- yes, we've oh, been oh. through some stuff. I had the privilege of meeting Angelica uh, at the Magnet Theater Training Center. Uh, we took a level four class called Busy Town, which was taught by the wonderful Megan Gray. And one of the my favorite aspects of it 
is that the ratio of, of genders was inverted. It was, in, it was mostly female improvisers. And I think I was one of two, maybe three males in the class, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I, I think yes, confirmed. I, I remember one other guy specifically. I can't remember if there was a third. I can't remember the other guy. Right. Well, there we so. go. <laughs> but but I, I liked it in the sense that usually, and, and I've thought about this many times when putting uh, spooky doings together, improv is really boring when it's just a bunch of white dudes because that's most improv that I saw before I started doing improv. So I've, I've tried not to have that. Let's get as many different people into our show and then we can have so many different perspectives and motivations and ideas floating around and and i think that's what what makes spooky doing is improv uh a fun show that that the people that i'm fortunate enough to share the stage with they want to keep coming back because it's just a good time there is a fire truck currently right outside my window so pause for my response i don't give a fuck <laughs> i can't okay. actually i actually cannot hear it okay well it's tooting its horn um saying get out of the way which is what a lot of men in improv do when they're white cis hetero and so yes i really appreciate how much you diversify the cast and i always have so much fun when i am able to actually partake which is somehow like i swear there is a curse happening within maybe this i can tell a story at a spooky doing show about how i keep just not being able to perform with the spooky doings team like i can't i have first i had to for oh my gosh it all started like I had to move once and I thought I could go to do a show after I moved. And now that in retrospect, that was pretty silly. Yeah. But I was just so excited to be a part of it on Halloween. I mean, it was just like, I couldn't say no, but I should have. And so this time now I have said no, because that the next show it's going to be, should we plug? Oh, we'll, we'll save that for the end. We, we've got. A oh, okay. Well, yeah. anyway, the next show I'm going to be running a half marathon. I just had to like, get my brag in that I'm running a half marathon. What are you running from? Oh, all my problems. Okay. <laughs> and there are a many, basically just life itself. That, that's and my you usual go-to for everyone that runs marathons or half marathons. It, I mean, it is not even a joke that running is like you are running from your problems. It's not even like, oh, there's like, yeah, it's like those problems are there and then you have to physically move to get away from them and that's you know that's why we love horror too because and I always I think I said this on the last episode I was on I say horror which is like not the right way to say it but I just do it's the way you say it I'm not saying it's right or wrong people are understanding you so you're okay like if you were saying flippity flabbity quando flu then we'd all be confused I yeah I mean I think you can get the gist I say horror and I say tourist and this is like a west coast thing and I'm sorry about it you don't I I appreciate the east coast horror you say you say what you say yes Uh, I do and I say I love horror and I am so excited to talk about some right now right 
which which I which I'm glad. Um, I tossed you a couple of ideas, and we settled on uh, the movie that was my favorite film last year. We were talking about Barbarian, and we got to watch that. And I look for any excuse to rewatch Zach Kreger's film. Um, I first saw the preview before it came out, and wonderful Chelsea was very excited. Uh, it, it appealed to me as well, but she told me that the preview was taking a footage from the first 20 minutes of the movie and gave so little away, which I think is necessary. Because if you show too much, that's it, it can kind of ruin the experience. Um, and I saw it, I think it was opening weekend, in an experience that could have been ruined. Uh, again, it's around anniversary time, me and Beautiful Lady are upstate. We go to a mall that has a multiplex and most everything else in it is closed. So it looks very Dawn of the Dead. And the theater we're in has a bunch of screaming teenagers in it. But the film was so captivating that these upstate New York dirt children did not bother me in the least as they were screaming for their mothers and being exaggerated little dicks. Uh, I, I just loved every moment of this movie and where it took me in the watching. Uh, was this your first time watching it? Yes, it was my first. Um, and I might have been screaming like a little kid, uh, but thankfully was just alone in my house. <laughs> I was thankfully not on a rooftop watching it, which my friend suggested I might want to do but I guess once I have seen it now I I kind of get the reference thank you Andrew <laughs> and yeah it was it was or a basement I know oh my gosh you know we got to get into this this basement I I really want to get into the the not 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 literally but I, the logistically I I want I have to ask some questions about all this right basement. cool before we 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 do that uh, my question is have you heard about this movie prior to me suggesting that we do an episode about it. I hadn't heard about it beyond seeing it on my HBO Max, like suggested uh, mm -hmm. kind of things, movies. Um, and I was like, okay, that looks scary. So uh, maybe later. And I just kept putting it off to the maybe later category. I'm just going to keep watching my Nora Ephron feel good rom-coms right now, because <laughs> that's kind of what, I go to HBO Max for. So I. Well, this movie does start with the potential of being a romantic comedy, as we mm -hmm. see. And those are my favorite. Well, I won't say it's my favorites, actually. But I do love the genre. The genres are getting closer and closer together because dating is a horror. And so it is so appropriate. That's what I've heard. Like, if you know, Nora Ephron were still alive today, I am not certain she wouldn't be making a horror movie. I'm going to smile politely like I know who Nora Ephron is. When Harry killed not... Sally. Oh, okay. <laughs> when Harry met Sally, when Harry killed Sally. The... <laughs> yeah, be a different story. We start with Tess driving in the rain through uh, suburban Detroit, where you can pretty much buy a house for $20 if it's dilapidated enough. She's going to an Airbnb. The key is not in the lockbox. And she meets uh, fucking Keith. He's played by Pennywise the Clown himself, Bill Skarsgård. 
they are double booked in this Airbnb and she doesn't know what she's going to do. She's in town. There's a conference. There's no hotels. It's raining out. There's a strange man who she's never met in a home that she's paid to stay in. What do they do? So what, what were your thoughts upon that with the start of the film of this situation? Did you put yourself in Tess's shoes and, and wonder how you would respond? Yeah. And I was, you know, very, as horror will often put you in this situ- the position of being very disturbed by the protagonist's actions because they do all the wrong things. And um, she did all the wrong things. But I just want to say first that it was just so beautiful casting Pennywise as this guy who is the 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 uh, the cohabitant of this Airbnb slash whatever other made up website they they made that they were both double booked, and I was very pleased to find that that was overall a MacGuffin, and I just want to say congrats because I just love that he being the actor who plays Pennywise like had so much I I feel like they kind of took into the account that he we all would assume that since he is that demonic figure he would be a similarly demonic figure in this movie and I just think it was pretty cool to take the actor's actual resume and past and kind of use it in this movie. It felt kind of meta. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? I, I, I thought it's, it's it, it is the dumb move to make, and at least they address it straightforward, of going into a house with a stranger that's there. You don't know who the fuck they are, but... Keith is being kind and and understanding, and I, I, I definitely could see myself in that situation of hey, this situation is fucked. We have no control over it, but we can't do anything about it now. So let's make the most of it. We'll handle this in the morning. Uh, whatever you need to be comfortable, because clearly you're having a bad time. Uh, She's getting calls from a person that we never find out who the fuck they are that's calling Tess on the phone. Maybe some kind of ex. Uh, that's just left out there in the ether. And, and Keith is like, all right, what do you need to be comfortable? You need to clean the sheets? Fine. I made tea. You didn't drink it. But here's some wine. But I'm not going to open it with uh, and pour it for you without... He's doing everything but saying... I don't want you to think I slipped anything into your drink because automatically that's going to make a woman think that she slipped something in her drink. He's being cool, he's being kind, they're opening up. Thing, the, the night progresses, they've clearly built a friendship in this one evening. And then what, what did you think was going to happen compared to what happened? on that first well i kept waiting for him to turn into an evil serial killer and (laughs) or possible demon and he went inside the duvet cover and i was just like oh my gosh that that was a whole another fake out i loved the fake outs like it was really fun because i mean okay so here's the thing if i had booked a airbnb and if okay there would be no way that like to put yourself in this position, it's kind of impossible because there's no convention that's going to fill up all the hotels and all of the Airbnbs and all of the possible lodging opportunities in all of Detroit. It's a 
pretty. I don't, I don't know how Detroit works. I've not been there I mean, yet. yeah. I So, but anyway, if I were in the position, there is a chance I would have stayed because if I, because I was, she doesn't know she's in a horror movie. I wouldn't know if I was in a horror movie. And I might be like, he's kind of cute and he seems nice. And I, you know what I wouldn't do though? Um, I would not let him give me the bed. I would want to stay on the couch. Something about the couch is a little bit just more, you know, just ready to pack up and leave. Like I would be ready. To Even leave. with the potential of locking the door. I I think I would be like force him to take the bed because he had already like been there, I guess. And I wouldn't be like, let me let's wash the sheets. I just would be like, you know what? It's late. I'm going to sleep on the couch and then wake up early and get the hell out of Dodge. Okay. And but either even then, if he were a demon, he still could have totally fucked me up and I kept waiting for that to happen I kept waiting for the duvet cover to be thrown off his head and him just to have you know his that the the smile from ear to ear and the knives at the ready to slash and I was just never sure what was going to happen with him and I totally didn't trust him and I just felt like he was our you know just I love the the great thing about this movie is it, it really fakes you out, which is fun. It absolutely does. So there, there's there's a little more, a little more stuff. Tess goes on her meeting. She's told by the person she met with that like she really shouldn't be staying in the neighborhood that she's in. She goes back to the house. There's a a an intimidating homeless man who's yelling at her to get away from the house. She goes inside. She goes downstairs uh, looking for some more toilet paper, gets locked in the basement. And then she finds the door in the basement. So what were your thoughts upon that part of the movie? Well, I think she is going to be a great documentary filmmaker because she clearly has a knack for just finding the interesting things because she goes down to the basement and like, moves this ceramic I forget what it was like a clown or um, mm. ooh, something less freaky um and she moves this thing finds a string the str- the rope opens the door how would she know like I never would have even tried to snoop around like I never would have gone to the basement you know her this is where those like poor choices of you, you, you need toilet paper unless you have a Japanese toilet <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, I am actually... There's the technology. It cleans the other undercarriage thoroughly. It tries you with warm air. You don't have to go to the basement and find what Tess and Keith found at all. Okay, so we thought that was a non-sequitur, but totally, it is is a sequitur. Mm -hmm. It turns out that this all comes down to if they had had a Japanese toilet. And it's true. Like, I do think that her her wrong move is going to the basement as it always is just Mm -hmm. basements in general like even i mean even when there's like a a tornado like i don't know if i would go into one if i were in like had one because oh the this movie especially because rick do you want to say what this basement had in it i want you to say what the base what you discovered okay well she found a wall she found a door, opened the door. Okay, it's like, that could be enough. Like, there's a door in the basement. That's weird. Like, it was a door in the tunnel. So the basement led to a tunnel. And then she finds a room in that tunnel 
And in that room is like, it's a jail cell. It's like a bed with a, you know, a disgusting, oh, that, that mattress has seen, it definitely is carrying, um, whatever, what is that called? Um, not SARS, but probably SARS also. For anybody that hasn't seen the movie, you really should stop the podcast and watch it. But I gotta commend uh, the set decorators in this uh, throughout the entire film. All of the visuals are great. But these, these subterranean rooms particularly the one that you're describing with oh staff infection was what i was thinking by the way with the bed and the grossness the grime it's clearly stained by sweat and other human effluvia It, it it it's made to make you feel forever unclean uh but tess is also stuck in this basement she can't get out the door it is locked behind her Oh, but then Keith oh, and there's up. also a camera. There's a there's camera, a camera yes. on a tripod situated so, to be pointing to the bed. So what so what were you thinking? Uh at I was this like, point? oh great, torture chamber. Okay, so she's gonna be in here for the rest of her life. Like we have a kind of jigsaw situation. That all makes sense. It was a trap. Interesting. I, I I can't remember if that's what I thought at the time. Uh, but other than just gross. But Keith shows up. Uh, he hears her through a, a, a window that she can't open in the basement. One of them tiny ground level ones. And he goes into the house and he lets her in. And here's where things get personal for me. Because you've heard me tell stories. So it's part of spooky doings. And they always have like a different setup. But usually the result is the same. Don't go looking for the thing that's scary. Like Keith does. Tess is telling him, we need to go. And in his male hubris, he's like, wait, you're explaining this thing to me. I have to go look at it in order to understand. You're being a hysterical lady woman. No. Which is actually an improv tip someone once gave me. It is a... In improv, it's one thing. Yeah. In, in improv, improv, it's great. Yes. And much like in a horror movie, it's it, if, you, if you didn't investigate, the movie would be over. In real life, however, uh, as these stories I, I tell in Spooky Doings, they always end with, and I didn't look for what was making the noise. I didn't look for the thing that could potentially scare us. I actually have a news story at the next show that I'll be telling that again, it ends the same way. Let's not investigate because that's how the story continues. But Keith has to go. You're bringing this so into such real, real life terms here. Like, oh my gosh, to think that this could actually happen if you did make the wrong choice and investigate the thing. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, I have a story. This isn't for spooky doings, but maybe it could be where it just reminded me of once I thought I was possibly going to die on the side of a freeway with no lights around in the middle of the grapevine of California, which is very rural farmland. And yeah, there was a guy who was going crazy and he had a gun and I locked myself in my car and didn't go to him to see what 
was happening. And someone else did and they did a citizen's arrest. And that story actually wasn't as like it actually ended up okay. But like that the moment when I was locked in my car, I felt I remember thinking this is like a horror movie where I'm yes. trapped in my car and don't know what's out there. But I'm not going to go find out, you know, you're going to so, have to tell this story at a show. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's kind of mostly just about a guy who was drunk and trying to kill me, trying to kill someone and that someone was me, but I lived. Um, So I, it's, I mean, I would like to think he was possessed. So I guess, yeah, I'll have to tell that story. Possessed by Jack Daniels. If you're comfortable telling this story, we'll have you tell it. Uh, I don't, if it would traumatize you to tell it, then we can skip it. No, I would love to tell it, honestly. All right, groovy. I didn't even think of it as a ghost story, but now that I'm like, that was a horror movie situation, I'm like, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's make it a ghost story. Yeah, no ghosts, but still. Exactly. Back to the barbarian. So Keith doesn't come back up in a timely fashion. And Tess goes to look after him. Because I, I think at this point, She's thinking, and I, I know I'm thinking, maybe you disagree. Keith isn't a bad guy. Uh, he's going to take a look. And he's further in the catacombs. And it's dark, and Tess is using her phone to illuminate, and she's finding gates and cages and this subterranean hovel, and she hears him in the distance screaming, help. Finally, he, he reaches her, and he's like, there's someone down here something bit me and then there there's the reveal of what i am db lists as the mother uh so what was your reaction when you saw the 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 resident of this home the resident is you know a female just matriarchal figure (laughs) And we always, when we get into motherhood and horror, it's always so rife with lots of fun, but also just triggering aspects because especially right now, like, so this one thing I would like to say, okay, so this woman, the barbarian who, uh, the titular barbarian character, she is a, she's a giant. She has she's both like you know genetically disfigured for reasons we find out later but also just because she lives in a a basement and doesn't see the see the light of day she is just based like situationally deformed and she looks dirty and she has she's naked and her boobies are out and we see some nice haunted tatas and I don't know. I, I don't know if if it's if it's haunted tatas. I I, I equate her with just uh, cursed tatas, subterranean mutant uh, titty swanging creature. Uh, yes, she is the feminine archetype of horror. <laughs> she is. She is, she represents mother. Yes. And we all must, you know, respect mother. And 
you know, we do learn to respect her in this movie, right? Like, in a way, she kind of gets a little bit of a... No, no, I do not. not oh, okay. So there's that's a little difference because I kind of, you know, she is a victim in this, she is a we victim. find out. She is a victim, yes. This is this is true, but I, I got... But um, yeah, her the very first moment we meet her, she is crashing the skull of what's Keith. Keith into the wall of the basement and killing mm. him very grotesquely and maliciously and right. horrifyingly. And so you see that and it's very it's 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 vivid and you're it's they do a they do a good job of showing the graphics in this movie. I'll just give them that. And then there's that quick cut, and it's sunny California. And we yes, got... and then at that moment, that was when I went, oh, Rick, you dirty man. What did I do? I was How like, am I oh, a dirty man? We're in fresh round two. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up that as a comparison, because it's like, the major shift in stories and the major tone change that happens like 30 minutes in is very reminiscent of fresh which i can see that you can go back to the episode from for fresh and hear that because it kind of has the opposite switch um this switches from gloomy death murder terror to sunny bright happy driving down the 101 in california in malibu to be exact Mm -hmm. so we meet aj played by justin long and and it i remember watching the first time like what the fuck it's 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 now a different movie i was also like what the fuck is justin long i didn't look up i never i don't like to look up the the information about the movies before I watch them. So well, I was just like fair. So shocked. Yeah, and there's there, there's no credits at the beginning. So it does not inform you of who the cast is uh upon the start of things. No, and it's a fun, it's a fun shift because especially he really emphasizes this change in the tone too, because he I do not equate with horror at all. So I just don't think which of is him. odd. He's in a lot of horror movies. Oh, really? Yeah. He's in a oh. lot of Jeepers Creepers, Drag Me to Hell. He's he's done a lot. Um and and he's playing clearly a, a television producer uh who gets a call from his representation that he is being accused of sexual misconduct and his life comes crashing down. And I remember watching this going, okay. But how are we going to get back to what the fuck we just saw in the beginning of this movie? Because we're 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 not in Michigan anymore. This is what's happening. Where are we going? Right. It goes uh, but, from. But, but I but I'm already locked in that I'm 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 content to go. All right, let's let's see where this goes. Let's see if if these tie together. What were your thoughts as we meet AJ and his uh, shitty douchebagness? I was like, okay, let's let's see where this goes. But at the same time, I will say I was a little bit kind of annoyed by the how how far distant and off from the entire topic of what the movie we had already been watching was. And I think it was a risk from the filmmakers, mm-hmm. from the filmmaker. And I do think that I don't know if it paid off as well as like I I would have wanted it to. Like 
I, this is like something like I would say as like a, I'm a writer. So like you have to really think about like payoff a lot. And like, I don't think that this whole thing like had what I wanted to because it took us so far away and then it took a long time to get back. And I, but at the same time, I think a different person who with a different point of view from mine would be like, I like how long it took to get back because it made it different. Like it's a different move. It made it unique. It does. And and it reminds me of, and I almost talked about doing an episode about this because you had posted that you watched Psycho for the first time in like the past two years and you were not aware of the twist, which is different from everyone of like most generations after Psycho. You know it's not Marion Crane's movie going in because it was so deep in the zeitgeist. So I completely envy the way you watch Psycho for the first time as opposed to the way I watch Psycho for the first time, knowing that, you know, the 80s was already making slasher sequels. So it's it's Norman Bates' historic. So I, I felt comfortable in, in going along with that and seeing that uh, AJ's a douche. He, he has male hubris and privilege. That's the word I was looking for. Of he wanted this thing. He did not expect consequences from it. Clearly he was in the wrong it is now costing him we find out he owns the property in michigan where our other characters were residing and he might be looking to sell them in order to help his finances uh pay for his legal defense Um, yeah but we go from the car where he gets this news and you think he might drive into the ocean and after getting receiving the news um that he's off the film and then we go from there to the financial advisor's office. And then from there, we go to Michigan because we find out. So he's going to liquidate his assets that are in Michigan. Then we go to the car rental garage. And then we go to the bar. And then we finally go to the house. But it takes a long time to get back to the house. And I will say that that was something that I am still like wondering if it was necessary, should we have done that? Should we have made it shorter? Like I'm trying to like let it, I'm still, I'm still kind of tossing that in my head mm-hmm. as far as like whether or not I like how long we left the house for where this haunting, where this barbarian is and stuff. I mean, it does set up. Okay. He's in the house. He owns the house. We find out he owns the house and uses it as a vacation rental. Worst real estate investment ever i'm no Susie orman but i will at least acknowledge that i have the the wherewithal to get that he did not make a great investment there because he bought a house in the middle of a of a dilapidated town part of town so it was i don't know what he was thinking there that's that's part of detroit from what i've heard you can buy property for dirt cheap now there are rabid dogs wandering some neighborhoods in detroit that you just have to deal with. There may not be power. There may not be water. There may not be postal delivery. But if you can buy a home for 20 bucks, you can have a home for 20 bucks. Um, and apparently and then, there's it's in high demand because two people at the same time wanted to stay there. I mean, precisely. that's in itself. It's, it's, it's the one nice looking house amongst 
what looks like uh, well yeah it's the only functional house yeah and though it doesn't have a Japanese toilet it's pretty nice but still I would not want to stay there in general but what what you said I like that 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 uh Gregor is taking the time to develop these characters so you know exactly how you're supposed to feel about them and a lot of horror you're given characters and they're not developed because they're just going to get ripped to shreds pretty fucking quickly uh this we're not getting that Uh, so rick are you saying that you felt from the very second that this was he definitely did sexually assault and we find out that the allegation is that he raped someone so immediately were you like oh yeah he did it i believe women (laughs) one thing and furthermore, the scene at the bar where he's talking to his friend and his friend wants to know the truth. And he just plays off this accusation of like, it took some convincing, but she went along with it. I'm like, there's a guy that doesn't understand the idea of uh, withdrawn consent or someone just perhaps relenting out of fear of what could possibly be worse um i'm friends with a lot of women uh, i don't mean to like get on a soapbox and say like hey i'm 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 sensitive ponytail man i i get things um but i'm like oh, no this is this is a douchebag who who's clearly again conveying his privilege like even if i did this thing this person that he's like calling a bitch to his mother <laughs> Well, talking on the phone with his mother, like he's a fucking bitch that's ruining my life. There's no introspection there. And I think we've seen a lot of men in recent history who are accused of things both better and worse than what AJ is accused of. And they have no introspection. They're not going, hey, am I the one in the wrong here? Because when something goes wrong in my life, I'm usually the first one to go, am, am I the asshole? And there have been times when I've done things and I knew I was the asshole when I was doing it. But it felt satisfying at the time. Certainly not on the level of AJ, but, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, no, pro- I mean. A year probation. I wouldn't a, be here. Yeah, a year probation and 140 hours of community service. And who really got hurt other than a corporation and, you know, the people I care about because I disappointed them. But we're all much better now. But... We all learn, and no one learns more than AJ. I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. He doesn't learn. Um, he's just taught a lesson. But, okay, well, I will say that I, as much as, yes, it is clear he probably did commit this egregious crime, and yes, believe women, I, I was like, where is this going? And mm-hmm. it was an interesting setup to put, okay, so now he's in the house with Tess, and it's been weeks we find out it's been weeks because he calls the rental agency or management company and they're like, it's, oh, he's like, there's someone, someone's stuff is here. Someone's squatting. When was the last tenant like staying here? And they said it was a couple of weeks ago. So we know that it's either, either the deaths that have taken place for weeks or not, but he goes down into the basement too, to, to try to find the squatter. Cause of course he's so just entitled that he's just like, like this is so inflammatory to him like he's not just gonna be like okay let me try to reason with whoever is clearly in need of a home 
But he's also looking at it as like, hey, does this property count and what I can list this home to be selling, even though it's subterranean. Yeah, that was so funny. He's, so he's yeah. down there with a tape measure, measuring the tunnels, measuring the gross fuck room. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let me ask you about this tunnel system because yeah. when do, at a certain point we get a flashback to the the 1980s Reagan Reaganomics era tenant of this this house and he is clearly someone who is the the mastermind behind all of this and he creepily goes to buy plastic sheets which is just like such a such a red flag like i get it if you have a baby that's like maybe a thing i i don't even know i'm just like that's such a like murder murder sign murderer sign maybe not in the 1980s yeah, uh, we I have so. we have veteran horror film actor Richard Brake, who is creepy in everything, and he's playing Frank, and he just tells the clerk in the store, uh, doing a home birth, and he's buying all this stuff. Goes back home, his neighbor saying we're selling the place, and he's like, "Well, I'm never leaving." And then and see- just so you know, so I'm the daughter of the midwife, so anytime like home birth comes up, I have to just like sit up and be like oh this is good natural oh outside of the the hospital industrial complex (laughs) because I and because I want to like just take my own like I just was like I I almost even though we find out the reason for this home birth method use is like really bad this is not good press for home births i still am like almost just happy that home birth is being depicted in a movie at all because just from my background i just have to be i'm glad you mentioned this because i didn't know this about you so now it raises the question uh as the daughter of a midwife do you think hearing a male talk about participating in a home birth would that be a red flag to you or maybe uh no well that's like i mean if he's not creepy as like as this man is if he's uh, not as creepy as frank if he's a regular guy it's like yeah go man you be in the room you catch that baby you cut the cord you massage the back you feed the ice chips you rub the belly you rub the feet whatever you need to do you hold the legs you (laughs) this is you blot the blood (laughs) all right then no a man being involved is very progressive my ignorance about this topic is deep and wide (laughs) but no comment so so, mm. no no not gonna grab not gonna take so speaking of deep and wide uh the hole that uh we find tess and aj and as as uh as, as the mother tries to to feed them from a bottle oh my gosh we're in a birth canal Mm. a Uh, haunted birth canal and tess figures it out i'm just trying to explain to aj she wants you to be her baby and there's another room where a breastfeeding video is playing on an infinite loop and this this creature just thinks it's a mother that it's supposed to be a caregiver and then eventually aj they they get out of the hole tess gets out of the house and uh detroit metro pd are not very helpful at all um i understand there's a lot going on in in detroit 
and they may not be fully staffed. But the disregard that they are giving tests, I think, is very telling. Uh, not only for a lot of police in general, but in the way they'll dismiss complaints from women, dis complaints from colored women, women of color, rather. Sorry, misspoke. Mm, happens. Uh, it, I, I think that's very telling. And it's also an African-American officer who's being the most uh, dismissive towards Tess. I think that, that, that speaks volumes, not only about society, but also in movies that usually it would be the cops that come and save the day, but not in horror movies. That's not how that works. So, so in, any thoughts on that little uh, bit of the film? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, very horror-esque and appropriate and real life ask because you just think about oh all the horrible times that women are just ignored um and even sometimes blamed for situations that they're going to the cops for by the police so yeah it was you know it was like okay we're following the, the horror playbook and the real life playbook here of this woman not getting the help she actually needs and us wondering what the fuck the cops are for but simultaneously, uh, AJ manages to get away from the mother, and that's where he finds the aging Frank in a bed, coughing and hacking. The male midwife himself. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to refer to him as one of the Rob Zombie players who's been in several of his films. And, and in Frank's decrepit room, Again, uh, bravo to the set decorators for making the space look gross. It, there's a TV and a VCR and many VHS tapes labeled with different names and descriptions of clearly victims. And I think that's A little what... bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of Erica by my side, a little bit uh, of... I, I don't, stop singing. I don't know if we'd get charged for that. <laughs> past a certain point um <laughs> and i think that's what gives aj a little bit like just a a a, a sliver of gravitas because basically here's someone who's committing the same crime that he did but aj's well, nauseated by i mean okay so it's, we've it's like to the, the hundred the hundredth power yeah but it's, it's the same it's, in essence. Well, okay. So he's raping and committing incest. And, mm. you know, that's just, and, and, I, and, I, I don't need to say what that is. It's, you know, yeah. It's, and, 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 and more so breeding these women. And we only know of the mother in the residence. We don't know what happened. We can assume all of these other women and all of these other videotapes are no longer on this 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 mortal coil at least yeah. that's where my head went yeah and we don't find out till later though from that is true. someone a neighbor um yeah. and yeah but aj a neighbor. Is... i love that <laughs> the homeless gentleman is technically a neighbor we'll call him that Oh, my gosh, that poor man so yeah so aj is face to face with this man he's like oh i'm going to get you out of here which is kind of an interesting point in the movie because it's the first point we see AJ being like nice to someone or caring about someone. It was mm -hmm. kind of weird. It, like he, of all the people, he didn't say like, I'm going to get you out of here to test. He said it to this old man who's like, wait, who's the manipulator behind all of this. Mm -hmm. 
But of course, AJ doesn't know that. And then until, the old man. Until he does. Yeah. Until he learns. Right, later. But that. then the old man has him bring over the the bed stand. And he's like, there's nothing in it, but I'll move it over. And then he takes out a gun from it and kills himself. Yep. Frank takes a pistol, shoots himself in the head. And now AJ's got a gun. I'm curious. Okay. So do you think this is the first time someone, an outsider has come in and seen Frank and that's why he killed himself? Like, do you think that he was just so old and kind of like, or do you think others have come down there and then they killed them? And why did Frank kill himself here? I'm like, I'm curious about you. I don't think any other outsiders have been brought, have gone in there. I think any other outsiders that were in that vicinity were brought there either by Frank or the mother when she explores in the night, because she's got to eat something. Um, I think I just look at it as, as his illness. He cannot get up. He can't continue in his passions. What's worth living for? Uh, you make a very good point. Like if he's caught, if the jig is up, uh, so to speak, might as well take yourself out. So, cause you were dumb enough to, to film your crimes uh, looking in your direction, January 6th insurrectionists. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, it's also more character development in the sense that Tess goes back. She's out. She can keep going, but she goes back for AJ. And in the- Another horrible decision on her part. But, but it is the right one. <laughs> it may not be the smart one, but it's the I mean, right one. Okay, es- yeah. Especially because yeah. she didn't know AJ got a gun well, and he fucking shot her. Kind. She didn't know who he is. And it had she known he was a rapist, do you think she still would have gone back? That's ooh, Absolutely that's good, not. No. That's no. a moral no. quandary. <laughs> no. No. Like, if, if you don't know who an accused person... Like, if you see someone in, in, in danger, in peril, you're not going to run up there and ask who they voted for before you help them. If you're inclined to help, you're going to help later. You know, you may regret your decision. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't know this person was the grand duda of the clan, and I should have just left them where they fucking lie. But, you know, if you're inclined to help. But, yes, yeah, so now AJ is helping her. They get outside. The, the neighbor brings them to, to his little squat area and kind of gives us the exposition that it's, you know, you might be staying there, but that's her house. Was her, you know, you, you, you've got the paper, but it's her house. You know, she's in there. She's never left. Frank was bringing other victims, breeding all of them. And this is what's happened over all And the digging a tunnel system. Yes. And I like that, that, that AJ is having this conflicted moment of like, am I a bad person or am I a good person did a bad thing? So he, he's, he's there, he's trying, and, and we find out exactly what he's made of in a couple of minutes, but he's having that moment. And then there's the shock of like, you know, I've been here for 15 years. She's never come in here. And the mother breaks through the wall and rips the neighbor to fucking pieces. And then they, they run and they do make another bad horror decision of climbing you don't climb when you're being chased 
climbing up to where it's a very far drop. <laughs> and then like the a, mother oh, comes up and uh, then AJ notices that Tess is, you know, she her she's been hurt and he thinks, OK, you are already. I mean, I, I want to I, I find it too hard to think about the person just looking at someone saying, I just deserve life more than you. I think he was thinking you're halfway dead already. But no, he was probably just thinking. I No, I, I, I think he articulated his thoughts really well. It's like I can get away but I need bait. Here's your fucking baby. And he chucks Tess off the top of, I think it's a water tower. Uh, and, and mother dives after her. And then when AJ gets back down, he's, he tries to, to mitigate it. It's like, you were slipping. <laughs> it's, it's heel wrestling at its, at its You wasn't best. expecting Tess to be alive. Exactly. Uh, nor was he expecting the mother to be alive. And she rips his fucking head in half. And yeah, gouges those eyeballs with her <laughs> and, fingers. And the gun is still there. And, and the mother clearly has, has bonded with Tess and she's mimicking what she saw in the breastfeeding video. And bah, 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 before getting shot in the face. So, I mean, I mean, clearly you sympathize with the mother as a victim. Of... It's very Grapes of Wrath. Okay, explain that to me as, as an ignoramus. I mean, well, I, may, a, I may have read the Cliff Notes in It's a very school. literary reference here. Um, I was an English major, and I read that book. And at the very end, it ends with a woman breastfeeding a man because they're all starving. It's, it's the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, and they're headed out west, and they are in a barn and have nothing else. And she breastfeeds him, and it's a symbol of... It's a lot. I mean, there's been like lots and lots of books and papers and essays and thought pe people. It's Steinbeck's, you know, it's like a very, you know, it's all about the this. It's it's very meaningful. Apparently, I just thought it was kind of weird, um, <laughs> but it's very Graves of Wrath. Just and you're, and you're the daughter movie. of a midwife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but well, we're not all that. We, we, we have limits. We have our limits. Fair. Fair. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just like, oh, God, this is I wonder if this is a Steinbeck reference. I want I want it. This is one of those moments where I wish I, you know, could ask. Maybe it, maybe the director has even said anything. I'm, I'm going to Google that now. All right. But, but I like that you mentioned it because Zach Krager, Chelsea informed me uh, when I watched first watched this movie, uh, was part of the sketch group, The Whitest Kids You Know, which I was not familiar with. I'd heard of them, but I'd never watched any of their material. So walking out of this movie and loving it, loving how how scary it was and and riveting, even with screaming teenagers in it, I thought that's that's what we need to do with horror. We need to give it to the funny people. We need to give it to the people of color. We need to give it to the women and get different perspectives. People that are gonna take chances and take us on these rides that. Um, artificial intelligence certainly couldn't take us on <laughs> like give it to them and, and the future will be safe with them so all in all what did you think of barbarian well first of all zach has said nothing about the grapes of wrath so again here we have me just making up that this is a reference when it's not which i did during it's your interpretation it's all good yeah so anyway um what did i what did i think of it as a whole yes um i I thought it was really fun and different and 
I here's the one thing I'll say the the fact that there was this story about this like Hollywood like me too like rape storyline in it I just like feel like well do we is this the right I I kind of think is this the right person to be like you said he should be making horror but I'm like is he should he be making statements about the me too movement and i don't really think so so that's person like it's a white guy who you know i just i don't really know anything about him but it's just a man so like bottom line is it's a man and we want like personally i think that just in general like i i just sort of see a man making a movie about this hot button hot top relevant topic it kind of feels like using the me too movement to create something that's inflammatory or like that's gonna make ruffle feathers or that's going to be feel like it's make an impact and that was my one comp criticism I was gonna say because I just kind of felt like this movie could have been made without like that exact thing from the AJ character AJ could have been just a bad guy in other ways you know I don't know. I just kind of wonder, was the rape of a woman necessary to this film? Or like, do we just need to? Because it's like triggering for women. And it's just, you know, yeah. At at least they're not depicted. I got to give them that. But also um, the most important lesson I learned uh, at at the Women's March is uh, sometimes the best thing I can, the way I can help a situation is to shut the fuck up and listen. Uh, and I, think I mean, more- same, even everyone, like it's not just men, but everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, you, it's, it, other than that, you enjoyed the film. Yeah. So other than that, that would be my one kind of critique. And the thing I feel like is interest, like is a conversational topic that thought starter that I would just like prompt people with, because I do think that it's easy to make this like me too character uh harvey weinstein as like this thing of uh that's a easy go-to for a villain but i'm like but who should be doing that and i think it should be women personally i can't argue against that but i I would love to see it yeah 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 exactly oh yeah i i think we'll see more but then again at the same time um, it was it was nice to see him get what he deserved. So at least the the filmmaker did it did it well. Mm-hmm. Horror will give characters their comeuppance sooner or later. Yeah, and Tess, final girl, we love her. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's she's all kinds of wonderful. Speaking of all kinds of wonderful, Angelica, uh, thank you for coming back on the show. Please tell the people where they can find you if they won't find you. Thank you. Well, I am on Instagram. It's uh, Donna.tell.m and that's a vintage clothing newsletter page. So it's totally not horror related, but we have talked about wanting to do like we we should do horror like costume discussion eventually. Maybe we'll get around to it. Yeah, um, maybe we'll get around to it. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's it, it, You're always Welcome up in this piece. It's so uh, fun. Spooky Doings Improv. It's October. So we've got shows coming up on Sunday, October 6th. I'm sorry, October 8th at 6 o'clock. We'll be at the Magnet Theater. 
kicking off October for you with spooky themed horror. And then on Saturday, October 28th at three o'clock, we're back in our regular spot at Young Ethel's in Brooklyn for a free show, uh, just a two drink minimum. And you can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety because uh, I'm not going to use the new name because fuck Elon Musk directly in the neck. Um, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook will give you all the information about upcoming shows. I'm going to let you know when Angelica will be part of that show because uh, we, we got our rotating cast and our regulars and people that show up when they can make it. We're always glad to have you. Thank you, for Angelica, again for filling in. Love you, darling. Thank and, you. Love you, too. All right. And we'll have you back some other time. Talk about okay. something else and things. I don't know how much I can add to fashion, but, you know, we'll we'll see what the day brings. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. And to all our wonderful listeners in the meantime, stay good, stay healthy, and stay spooky. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>